This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. New research from here at the Wharton School shows that people tend to be more disclosing of information when they are doing it on their smartphones rather than on their home computers. It wouldn't seem like there's much of a difference in terms of relaying the information. Both instances are on a level of technology very common to us, but it may say something about the comfort level that we have with our smartphones. And that news may also be able to provide valuable information for marketers. Shiri Melumad is an assistant professor of marketing at the Wharton School, part of this research, and she joins us right now. Shiri, great to talk with you again. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you're doing well as well. Hanging in as best we can. Uh, I guess <laughs> yeah. let's start, if you can, give us a backstory a little bit as to why this specific area of research you think is important. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, sort of taking a step back, I'm generally really interested in how this increased integration of different technologies into our daily lives is actually changing the way that we think, the way we feel, and the way that we behave. And so in a lot of my research, I look at how the way we express ourselves and communicate actually differs depending on the particular device that we use. So for example, if I'm writing a review on my phone versus my PC, do I actually express myself differently? Uh, And specifically, the inspiration for this paper is something that I actually noticed in my own behavior, uh, which is that, you know, when I'm writing an email or I'm messaging with a friend, I tend to be less censored when I'm doing it on my phone than on my computer. And so I was interested in sort of understanding what might be going on there. So what do you think is is driving this change or or this uh, this differential between the smartphone and, and the home computer? Yeah, I mean, so what we show in this paper is that there's actually sort of two parallel explanations for this, which you sort of alluded to uh, at the outset of this. So the first, um, in another paper of mine, I show that our phone actually tends to act like a sort of adult pacifier for us. Uh, So I show this, you know, relative to using our laptop. And basically, one implication of our phone acting like an adult pacifier is that when we engage in a certain task on our phone, it actually makes us feel more psychologically comforted Mm -hmm. than when we engage in the exact same task on our laptop. And importantly, an implication of that is when I feel more psychologically comforted, I'm also more willing to share more intimate or personal information. So that's one factor that's driving this. Uh, The other factor has to do more with the form factor of the device. So, you know, it's harder to engage in certain tasks on our phone because it has a smaller keyboard and screen, right? And so because it's harder to complete a task on our phone, uh, we tend to have to devote more cognitive resources to whatever we're doing. So basically, we need to narrow our attention more intently on whatever task we're doing on the device. And what that means also is we tend to sort of simultaneously block out any distracting thoughts or external factors in our environment. Um, Just to illustrate what I mean by this, Dan, if you've ever ridden on a subway or bus, Uh, You've probably seen people completely engrossed on their phones, right? And they're often engaging in in super personal activities as if there's no one else around them, right? So that's sort of the phenomenon that I'm describing. And so the idea is sort of just to summarize that one is uh, because it's harder to complete, let's say, a disclosure on our phone, we tend to focus on it more narrowly, 
which blocks out distracting thoughts. Like, for example, what would people think about what I'm saying right now? Do you think that, that that is there an element of this as well that I mean, our smartphones have really become almost part of us. Uh, most of us have them either in our pockets when we're walking around or, you know, I'm sitting here at my house broadcasting uh, this show and I've got my smartphone in front of me. You know, should I get a text from the producers about something? It, they really have become part of us. And I, I think maybe there's that that automatic connection that has occurred. Yeah. So, you know, coming back to the paper I alluded to where I show that our phone acts sort of like an adult pacifier for us. uh, The reason that happens is sort of precisely what you're saying. Right. So, first of all, our phone is virtually always with us. Right. And we also tend to use it for very personal uh, activities. Right. So I'm keeping in constant touch with my friends. I'm keeping in constant touch with work, as you said. And so it's really the interaction of the ways in which we tend to use our phone and the fact that it's virtually always accessible to us that makes it such a personal device for us. We're joined by Shiri Melumad, who's an assistant professor of marketing uh, at the Wharton School. Uh, so what do you think then that, that marketers should take away from this? Because you mentioned uh, that this could be become a, a very important component for them uh, in the weeks and months ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our findings have a number of very important implications for marketers. Uh, so first of all, our findings suggest that smartphone-generated content may be more diagnostic of how consumers actually think and feel, right? So uh, as one example, in one study in the paper, we look at restaurant reviews from TripAdvisor. Um, and if you think of this in the context of restaurant reviews, right, to the extent that restaurants, for example, want to understand their customers' true preferences and opinions, our findings imply they should really focus on smartphone-generated reviews in particular. Uh, another important implication, again, actually has to do with our analysis of the restaurant reviews that we looked at. Um, we found that this greater self-disclosure in smartphone-generated reviews actually results in content that's more persuasive to other customers. Hmm. And so this implies that firms can identify which posts are more likely to influence other customers simply by identifying which device the posts were written on. Uh, And finally, our findings also suggest that marketers and firms may want to encourage customers to provide certain types of information or to respond to certain types of sensitive questions on their phones in particular. So, you know, we can think of this in our current context, right? So there's all this increased discussion about contact tracing right now. We're asking people who test positive for COVID-19 to disclose the list of people they've come in physical contact with. So my findings suggest that the CDC and other organizations may want to encourage people to disclose this information through a smartphone app specifically. I'm wondering that, I mean, if if these smartphones are, are, as you say, kind of an adult pacifier, I'm wondering if it also brings up a potential issue as well, uh, because obviously there is a great concern about the sharing of data and and and, and the uh, the connection that obviously hackers are trying to to try and gain on our information these days, and and whether or not that kind of comfort level can also, I guess, at times potentially backfire on us for having that comfort level. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple of thoughts on this. You're totally right, right? So logically, 
our privacy concerns should not only be similar across devices. In some cases, we might actually be more concerned about our privacy on our phones and on our computers, right? Uh, and yet here I'm showing that something as benign or seemingly benign as the device we're using can actually change our willingness to disclose. Um, and, you know, uh, to your point, uh, I want to just take a step back and tell the listeners that we're finding this effect in certain contexts, right? Specifically, all the disclosures that we're looking at are actually pretty low stakes disclosure. So the types of data we're looking at is responses to survey questions, like admit to an embarrassing product that you've purchased. Um, we're looking at restaurant reviews, things like this. Uh, this isn't to say that in terms of disclosures that are higher stakes, we would necessarily see this difference, right? So I don't have any empirical evidence to suggest that if I'm asked for my social security number, yeah. I'm going to be more willing to disclose it on my phone. So I think that's a really important caveat, actually, to these findings. So then do you, do you expect that in the world of online marketing, we're going to see these companies uh, want to push the consumer to do more on their smartphones than, than they've ever done before? Absolutely. I think the reality is we're already seeing that happening, right? So already we're seeing many platforms shifting towards mobile first or even mobile only strategies. And this makes a lot of sense, right? So not only does most of the world own a smartphone, uh, but our phones are really an increasingly ubiquitous part of our daily lives. So yes, I do think we should expect to see companies increasingly asking us to do more on our smartphones. Sherry, thanks very much for your time. Great research. Uh, look forward to seeing you on campus at some point later on this year. Here's <laughs> hoping. Yes, thank yeah, you so much. Exactly right. Sherry Melumed, uh, who is an assistant professor of marketing at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.